0: Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Sport and Limerick Soccer Podcast. Hey. Uh, unfortunately, we're down one man tonight and our usual contributor, Jason O'Connor, but we, we hope to have him back uh, as soon as possible. We have the ever-dependable Noel O'Connor here with us uh, to to keep the show on the road uh, with Sporting Limerick uh, this evening. Noel, I suppose we'll start off with Treaty United's uh, defeat last week, second defeat of the season to Kevin Teeley in Stradbrook. It was certainly an off-night in performance for Treaty, considering the weeks that preceded it. Uh, Kevin Teeley were full worth for the win, really.
1: God, they were. Yeah, it was. A bad night at the office um, for Treaty. They seem to be very off, off-form and off-colour. Um, everyone seemed to be afflicted uh, with the same malaise, really. I suppose the only guy that I thought kind of battled away was um, Anto O'Donnell. Everyone else looked a bit out of sorts to me. Um, but you'd have to commend um, Cabin Thiele as well. They were certainly a very motivated group. Um, they seemed to have their homework done uh, in how to deal with... Treaty, you know, we spoke about their experienced backroom group and it certainly shone uh, shone through the way they played. Um, They played nice and deep. They didn't come out and let um, Treaty get in behind them. Um, They counterattacked really quickly, used their pace, particularly in the wings, and they got themselves into great positions, particularly around the centre midfield, I thought, in the 1v1s. They seemed to be constantly running at uh, Clyde O'Connell and Jack Lynch who look very uh, isolated and forlorn figures during large weights of of, of the match. So overall, it was a commendable um, performance by Cabinteely, but certainly a disappointing one for Treaty.
0: Yeah, definitely. And you mentioned obviously that that Clyde and Jack endured a tough night. There was a lot of players with low center of gravity, quick feet, uh, a lot of pace in the Cabinteely team, quite direct as well as as you mentioned in their their running and, and isolating our midfielders. Obviously, as well that. It stretched to maybe the full-backs, Charlie Fleming and Mark Ludden, having a very tough night as well, Noel. And it's also, look, it's, it's not going to be a worry, I suppose, but it, we've failed to win on the road um, this so far in the, in the first round of games. Uh, Tommy Barrett was very quick to dismiss that tonight when I said that it. Would, that was, did it worry him or frustrate him that we hadn't picked it up. Would you think that that's too early to, to be talking like that?
1: I think it is, and um, to be honest with you, the, the situation that treaty are in in terms of their inexperience and that I thought it was a bit of an advantage to them to be away to the likes of certainly um, Galway and Bray was the first game it was a big game we knew that Bray would have been one of the the front runners and I suppose it's easier to set up away from home makers of hard to beat you know and the fact that they have those teams at home now in the second round the the Bray Wanderers the Galways um, the Shelburne's and the UCD's There'll be a little bit of onus on them maybe to come out and play a bit, you know, because that's that's what you do when you're at home and uh, it, it'll bring its own kind of problems, if you like, for them. So I wouldn't really too, read too much into their home farm. Look, there were some very commendable performances while they didn't win. You know, they were excellent against Shelburne away. They were excellent against Galway away, you know, just to name two. The first game against Bray as well, they were full value for the point. But... um you know, the, certainly the second series is going to bring its own challenges to them because, you know, I think the Bray team, I know we'll be talking about it in a while, will be a different side, I think, than, than the Bray side they met on the opening day of the season.
0: Yeah, and also as well, Noel, it just shows you, I suppose, that the cautious approach coming from the management team of Treaty is definitely uh, the right approach. It was evident from, from last Friday because, uh, I know when I say cautious approach, I mean in, in saying that uh, we take it game by game because if you look at it, we finished off the first round of games. There was obviously huge positivity around the city and county. Uh, you know, great results, you know, picking up points against reputable sides away from home. But then it's, it's funny, like one bad night and one set of results going against you, like last Friday, and they found themselves joined third or fourth. And then you're gone to seventh place uh, at the end of the first round of games, which is actually, I can tell by the players' reactions, even though they're pretending not to say it does frustrate them, that that is the case, that's what they have to show for the understandings.
1: Yeah, and I suppose it it reads into what we say and people don't really get it. You know, it's a tough league and the League of Ireland is a tough league whether you're in the Premier Division and the First Division. And you're right with all the positive results and performances that they've given. You know, they're still sitting in seventh place. Now, obviously, the upside of that, you're looking and say, well, they're three points off um, off second place. And it is a very, very tight league. And, you know, the reality for Treaty is that they certainly need to keep in touch. I mean, a playoff place would be a massive achievement. This season, And as long as they're within striking distance of that fifth place, you know, for as long as as they can keep that towards the end of the season, you know, it'll certainly be um, a worthwhile performance. But certainly, like, um, looking at the second series now, with, you know, Bray coming, you know, you Shelburne coming to the Marcus Field, you Galway coming to the Marcus Field, I think they're going to be a lot stronger than they were, say, when when treating... um, Met them And it's important that they kind of get back on track and get back to form um, as soon as possible.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Bray, obviously Bray have hit, well, sorry, have hit the ground running hard in the last few weeks. They, they took their time to get to the season or to get to the pitch of it this season. They had a lot of draws. They weren't losing many games either that that has to be said they had a lot of draws and they were tough to beat they certainly are tough to beat because they're the best defense in the division with only seven goals conceded Marshall by Aaron Barry who was a very good player for Derry City as well um, and and he's backed with a lot of experienced players around him too all it's going to be an exceptionally tough game and as you said probably a different animal from from the one we faced uh, at Carlisle Grounds on the opening day whereas you mentioned at the time you can catch teams on the hop on the opening day of the season
1: yeah, I think so, and I suppose they've kept uh, five uh, clean sheets. <coughs> they're on. Um, they're looking for their fourth win in a row. So, obviously, their last four or five games, they've certainly hit farm, I suppose. They are hard to break down, but outside, I think um, they beat Cabin Tilly 3-0. They haven't scored a lot of goals either. Even in those victories, Like they they really put to the pin on their collar last Friday night against probably a better-performing Wexford side, you know, with a new manager and, and a new player coach in, but they still managed to nick the win. Um, So I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. I see Gary Shaw still isn't 100% right. I, I saw him come on against Cole, but a few weeks ago in the last 10 minutes, I see he came on for Bray um, on 55 minutes on Friday night, so he's obviously not fully fit yet, but they had um Joe Doyle to thank for a well-taken finish from close range against a very resilient uh, Wexford side, last Friday night.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I suppose in the opening game of the season, one thing that was noted was that you had Conor Clifford that dropped very deep for possession a lot of times, and was kind of looking to spray the balls to either the full-backs uh, or the wingers, but in a tight ground like the, the Carlisle grounds, a lot of those balls were then over hit. It didn't really suit where you were playing. Uh, Tommy mentioned it tonight when I was speaking to him that he thinks the market's field will suit Bray more. I certainly do think so as well. Obviously, the surface is very good for a football-playing team, but it's also very wide as well, and they can expose the, uh, that, those spaces too if, if they're allowed to.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. And in Brandon Kavanagh, they have a guy as well who's in the final third of the pitch who's capable of doing that, and he seems to be coming into a bit of form as well. And I suppose what will worry Tommy was, certainly would Worrying me, particularly on the Camantilly game last week, was the tower of time that the two full-backs had as well. I know we mentioned uh, Clyde and Jack having their own difficulties, but um, Charlie Fleming, he seems to be struggling um, a little bit. Certainly he hasn't come back um, to, to real form since his suspension, and particularly in the last 10 or 15 minutes of games, he seems to really struggle in, in, in terms of his fitness. He hasn't seemed to get to the pitch. But most worrying of all, I thought, was the tower of time that Mark Ludden got. Um we hadn't seen that really all season. He'd been so consistent and so comfortable there. He didn't seem to be ever under much pressure. But um, you know, you, you do feel that other clubs will look at um say the success that Cabin Tealy had um last week, and certainly one of them will be to go in go into 1v1s um against Treaty. And I I did the the Cabin Tealy fullbacks, I thought they did a, a real good job on the Treaty wide men as well, particularly um Zach O'Neill a right back. Now, we do know that McKean is more of a central midfielder, but certainly he's a right-footed player playing on the left. And Zach O'Neill certainly showed him inside a lot and made him play the ball backwards and sideways, which showed that they obviously had their homework done there.
0: Yes, certainly. And, and that kind of brings me to my next point, Noel. Um, Ed McCarty and McKean are very... Workman like players out on the wide. I know Jason O'Connor flagged this at the very start that both of those players are maybe their number 10s or central midfielders, respectively, uh, playing out in the wing, trying to do a job. And they have done that very well uh, for the first uh, few games of the season, uh, especially in the defensive sense. you know, sitting in and, and helping the rest of their team and working hard. But do you think, you know, obviously, of Joel Kustran, who's been lively when he's come off the bench twice, has been directing his running. Uh, Dean George showed glimpses of it. You'd almost be desperate to see almost both of those players in those positions without being too expansive, I suppose, in, in the next few weeks, if that was possible at all.
1: Yeah, certainly. Particularly Dean George, I thought he was really good in that position uh, on the left-hand side against UCD, certainly for an hour, and it was his first game. And um just you know, we we're hoping to see him again there. And uh, I don't think you have to be that expensive on, on both sides of the pitch, but you certainly need to be on one side. And if you did have the likes of uh, Dean George there, you know, in that expansive role, you're thinking on the other side of the pitch, you know, can you just be solid and workman like if you like and get even if you're looking for deliveries, can the full back create those deliveries even if he's overlapping the the wide player who isn't a natural wide player? if if you like. But something I think that they need to work on if they are going to have those two players playing again is they certainly need to tuck in and give their two centre midfielders a dig out, particularly when their central attacks coming down the middle, because there was no sign of them when, you know, Jack and, and Clyde were kind of exposed and guys were running at them and going beyond them, taking on the two centre halves. So plenty of food for thought, I think, for the treaty manager and backroom staff this week that they certainly have a um, a body of work to do. I thought uh, Cole Strain did quite well again, and I do think from what I've seen of him certainly this year that he probably has a bit more to offer in the middle. Um, I know, in fairness to Sean McSweeney, is 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 very good there as well. And the experiment of playing him up front, even though it was only for ten or fifteen minutes last week, didn't uh, didn't seem to create anything worthwhile. But um, there's still a maybe a body of thought, maybe that. Uh, could Strain, his best work for Treaty in the future may come from playing in, in a central role as opposed to a wide role.
0: I suppose we got an insight into that in the, in the fact that Tommy did bring him on in that area or, or shift him into that area later in the game in, in an attempt to create something. Uh, obviously, Noel win we played Bray at the very start of the season. It was literally ultra defensive stuff. Uh, try and get out of there with a point, build confidence, build momentum. I think many people will probably, considering the the Home Farm Treaty, have shown many people will probably be expecting a, a different approach in terms of a slightly more adventurous uh, approach this Friday night at Marksfield. But that also carries its dangers, as as Tommy will be well aware.
1: It absolutely does, um, and this is you know what, what we said earlier on. You know, obviously, you know the away trip is is something else, but. You're kind of going there with a siege mentality. It's a bit harder to create that when you're at home. There is a bit of an onus on the home team always to, to come out and play and go on the front foot and try and get up, you know, to try and get ahead in the game. Now, I like from from the performance last week, you would be thinking that, you know, you're saying that it's just an off night, that people would be very determined to, to erase last week, you know, individually and as a group. And that they're very well motivated this week, and they'll they'll really go for broke as such, which is something that you certainly like to see. So um, there's obviously a few question marks since last week, and you would think that you know within that player group they're talking amongst themselves and say, "Look, last week was you know was unacceptable, and we can't we can't replicate that performance again this week." So you would be hoping to see a very much different and resurgent uh, treaty performance this this weekend.
0: Yeah, and Kieran Handling looks like he has officially shaken off the groin injury. The the 3D backroom team are expecting him to line out uh, on Friday night. There is massive concerns. It looks like Clyde O'Connell and Sean McSweeney may miss out, uh, particularly Clyde O'Connell. There's a a severe doubt over him and all. In saying that, you know, there's players there on the substitutes bench, and likes of Edo De even coming back into that. That'll be desperate to play. It's certainly not all negative when, when you lose players, is because some of those players will be itching to get a goal because they haven't really had a massive amount of opportunity, uh, considering how well the team has done in the first weeks of the season.
1: Yeah, I agree. Like, and look, there's probably a case maybe if Dean George is fit to bring Matt Keen into the middle. Uh, Callum McNamara, I think, is you know he's certainly done well. Um, you know, I think he played an hour, or, or sorry, did well for an hour, was it against UCD a few weeks ago? Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't be too bothered, if you like, starting him. I don't think there's, you know, there's a cave for putting guys on the pitch that are injured. I think Clyde obviously was struggling early on in the game and he's the kind of player then, if he is struggling, then, you know, there is a danger that he'll pick up another yellow card or maybe a red card because he'd been trying to lunge at people, you know, when he's in trouble and that. So, and I and I think you need to show a bit of, I show a bit of belief in those guys as well. Look, obviously, they've trained away. And, you know, if they're looking at guys that have been picked every week, even though they are painfully struggling, uh, they're only 80% or 70% or 80% or 90%. I think it sends out the wrong message. Um I'd have no doubt. In fairness to Ed O'Dwyer, I know he was only on for a short time, but he seemed to do very, very well. Mm. And uh, he, he certainly has experience. And look, they're going to be chomping at the bit as well. So maybe it is a week just to freshen up a little bit. And give these guys um, their heads and let them out on to the paddock.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And this is the last game for a couple of weeks, Noel. And I know you know your every team will say that they'll be happy enough to go into a break now. But particularly Treaty, you know, that in fairness to them, as you 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 and Jason both mentioned that you don't like the term amateur. Uh, with League of Ireland teams because the, the lads are trained at least three times a week as well as playing a game. And obviously you've got your recovery sessions, your physios, so you're almost, you're almost full-time in some ways without the morning sessions, I suppose, in, in the commitment levels. But considering uh, the start of the season, the hectic nature of the start and everything, I think the two weeks uh, will break where, you know, they might have a few days off in between will probably be well-earned and probably good timing as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. Look, there's obviously guys carrying knocks and niggles and they haven't played at the level before. We, we we said about the toughness of us and the relentlessness of it. You're training, as you said, three days a week. You know, you're traveling every weekend. You know, every minute of the game is, is tough. You have to be added mentally and physically. Guys do pick up knocks. And uh, I'm sure there's more than Clyde and Sean Maxweeney carrying a few knocks. And it's, <coughs> it's vital that if they can to get a positive result this, this weekend because... The one great thing about a break is if, if you win, you you know, you have that good feeling for a couple of weeks before the next the next game. And if you don't win or you know, you're carrying that disappointment around with you until the next game. But um, they'll just have a few days to uh, to recover. I think it's vital that they don't switch off totally. Um there's obviously guys that need to work on their fitness as well, you know, in that break. And it's very important that they use that that break widely and don't think that, you know, oh we have a week off, so let's let's go on holidays because yeah, there ain't any holidays when you're playing in this division.
0: Yeah, it's, too, it's certainly too early to be thinking like that after just a third of the season gone um, and and long one, one t- to continue. Uh, I know Jason isn't here to battle with Noel, but I'm going to push you anyway for a prediction for uh, 3D United and Bray on, on Friday night. A score prediction, please.
1: Right, but before they set out, I just want to quash any rumours that Jason's actually suspended for tonight. Um, <laughs> yeah. he, he, he hasn't received any suspensions, and no, he no, certainly no. was available. No,
0: no, he—he he was. Uh, what would we say? hes uh, hes he, he kept that for on the field. He's not suspended off the field anyway. <laughs> yeah.
1: So I suppose, look, and probably a little bit of my heart ruin really my head here, but I'm, I'm going to go for a draw, a one-all draw, um, while. Bray haven't really conceded a lot of goals, they haven't scored a huge amount either and I think that Treaty will be smarting from last week and in fairness to them, up to last week, their performances have been pretty uh, good, you know, they go from good to very good and hopefully they'll they'll bounce back this week with a good performance and a, and a, a really important point which will stand them in good stead going into the break.
0: Yeah, I certainly hope hope you're right, Noel. I'm just looking here. I forgot that, obviously, normally I do one game each, but you're going to be getting all four of the other games and they're grilling on them anyway uh, this evening. I suppose we'll start off with uh, Shelburne and Galway. That was obviously the first game ended in a, a nil-all draw. Shelburne came out of there with a great result out of VMD's Park, considering that a man sent off, Glen McCauley, early in the first game. Uh, Galway are going there now. Shells are high-flying. Uh, you know, have great players come off the bench. Galway, even though they won last week against Wexford, they were very close to nil will all draw, although Wexford had a bounce with, with Ian Ryan going in maybe. Um, You know, where do you see this going? This is is probably a bit of a pressure game for Galway because, you know, if you were to predict it, you'd probably think about a Shells win.
1: You would think about a Shells win and it was actually Galway and Cork last, uh, last weekend with Galway getting a late equaliser below one turner's cross um after being down to 10 men. So again, a real real positive result for them and just showing that resilience, While they're not firing on all sinners, they're still hanging in there. And, you know, we're, we're kind of waiting for them to, to hit farm. It still hasn't happened. Like Bray, you know, we were waiting for them to hit farm. I know they've, 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 they've three wins on the bounce. But uh, I'd actually go for a, a win for Shelburne. I just think there's more goals in that Shelburne group and they seem to be on great farm, particularly, I mean, a fantastic win for them last week against UCD. And they'll be really on on a high this week. And I just feel that they might have too much goal threat uh, for Galloway. And I I go for a Shelburne win there.
0: Yeah, and then to move on to, to Cove hosting Cork. Uh, obviously, Cork won the, the first game between these sides. It the turns cross 2-1. Now, Cove had great chances on the night. And should probably have got at least a draw going on the chances uh, created. And the season has ended up being quite poor the start of it to Cork. Although they got a recently good result against UCD uh, as well, and obviously beating Wexford, um, it's 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 a funny one, uh, Noel, in that you know if Cork win, that really kind of almost condemns Cove to a season where you're battling it out in the bottom three or four, and obviously then it'll have other teams will have worries about well, well, Cork could hit farm, you know, being a full time side. That's always the worry in the back of the minds that likes a treaty, is that Cork will hit farm at some stage.
1: Yeah, I suppose one of the worrying things for Treaty is, you know, when they look behind them, one of the things behind them is Cork. Mm. And I suppose we will be surprised if, if that's how it ends up at the end of the season That, and it'll be a great season for Treaty, certainly if, if they can finish ahead of uh, a Cork on the table. I think Farm, and I, I said it before and haven't been involved with Cork a while back, Farm goes totally out the window in a in a Cork Cove game, whether it is a Munster Senior Cup or a, or a League Cup, or now the fact that they're meeting in the league, but um I think, in fairness to Cove, they've probably been a bit in, a bit unlucky in in games. Uh, I know they went to goal up against that loan last week and ended up losing two one. You know they were beaten by Galloway at home, but they were down to ten men and there was and there was three penalties in it. So they're there, thereabouts, and I I'd probably go for a draw there again. Um, the fact that it's on in Cove as well, and while Cork's results have improved, they certainly haven't hit any great heights. And the fact that they were pegged back by a, by a late equaliser against a 10-man Galway team would just show you that they probably have have a bit more to do before they're they're really at the form that they need to be, you know, to challenge in, in, in this league.
0: Yeah, I certainly agree with you. Um, maybe I shouldn't do it with the Munster Derby first, but having some Munster bias, I suppose. But we have Athlone Town in UCD is now a very big fixture because Athlone bounced back last week from uh, defeat to treaty you know that was a big test because they had a few results in a row now there's three defeats in a row uh before that game last week they're, they now host ucd who are coming off the back of a, a result they're not they haven't experienced much in, in this division at all with shelburne beating them uh this is this is probably huge really because if shelburne do go on and beat Galway and at loan and it maybe that's the first time you might see a tiny gap opening up in the division even if it is only three or four points between two teams and the rest
1: yeah, and I would think, I mean, Athlone came back with uh, an equalizer at the date in the first match of the season, in the first season or the first match above in the Belfield Bowl. And this match is on Athlone, and a lot of people might trip about the artificial pitch, but UCD certainly won't. And they would do most of their training and certainly underage in that, like most of their matches, they would have played them on, on the 4G pitches anyway. I'd have to say, like, from what I've seen of UCD and Athlone in the last few weeks, I think UCD are a, a better equipped side. Um, probably a bit more team bonding and cohesion between them as well. I thought that there was a lack of a kind of a, a team ethic in the Athlone team. And because of that, I, I expect uh, um, UCD to bounce back with a win um, at the weekend.
0: Yeah, and, and on a final note of predictions anyway, the, I suppose we're going to nearly call it the curse of Adrian Finnan predictions might might have struck. I know it's early to be talking now, but like Kevin Teeley. Certainly, they've surprised more than myself. But I know me and Jason had had tipped them to be bottom. I think that's already not going to happen, uh, considering the results they've, they've picked up. Uh, it's particularly at home. I think four the five wins, if I'm not mistaken, have come at home for for Kevin Teeley, Very strong at home. They host Wexford, uh, but in this division, although everyone now say maybe Kevin Tealey, for to look at it just on paper, should win this game. If the first division's one does, where you would not be surprised to see Wexford going there and getting a one win, would it not?
1: No, and um, look, obviously, a couple of narrow defeats for Wexford, which you know, far them, are kind of like wins. You know, from where they were coming from, getting hammered five nil and being well beaten by by Atlone. they were a bit unlucky last week. You know, Ian Ryan is in. I see Larkin Fitzgerald came on after an hour, and um, he may well get a start. You know, they'll be going to Dublin. It isn't a massive uh, trip for them. You 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 just feel that at some stage they are going to get a result. And I wouldn't be surprised if they if if if, if they got a win a week, um, at the weekend. So I'm actually hoping that they do get the three points. And I think it'll, it'll be good for the league as well.
0: I am myself. I, I must say, nothing against Cavantilly, but I do actually hope Wexford can get off the mark. I think they've lacked a lot of luck. And there's another reason for that, because if they don't get off the mark against Cavantilly, they'll even be more desperate after the break when they host 3D to get off the mark. So I'd be worried about that then. So, so hopefully Wexford can get off the mark, to be honest. Um, on a final note, and all to finish on a positive note as well, uh, Stephen Kenny, uh, a man who who you would have been very close to in your days, mentioned League of Ireland has has named his uh, Ireland squad for the the upcoming friendlies with Andorra and Hungary in June. 27 man squad. Uh, we have we have a representative, even though we're clutching at cetera, I suppose, in that in Shinohi Ogbena, who spent the 2017 season. Uh, with us, uh, in, with, with Limerick FC, you know, with uh the old Limerick FC senior side. Um, it, it's obviously really positive, though, to see not just himself, I suppose. You've got Jamie McGrath, who's a former Air Chelsea League player, come up to the ranks. You've got Danny Mandrew, who's currently at Shamrock uh as well. It's it's positive all around. And um, and obviously, we're going to claim to the as well.
1: Yeah, I think so. Look, it's great to see him. And look, he was a fantastic player in that season. He was so exciting, like, and I mean it's something that is so important and we would have touched on last week, you know, that bit of pace. If a guy has a bit of pace and the ability to beat someone in, in, in a one V one. I mean, that's why people enjoy going to games and he created a lot of a real buzz and a real excitement around um, Limerick. He was a brilliant signing. Um, hadn't really got in against, you know, for Cork, i you know, a very, very strong Cork team, but certainly took his opportunity here and obviously has gone from strength to strength. And uh, we'll all be rooting and, hoping it's 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 great to see those guys come through um danny mandrew as well a very very good player was really talented you know when he was with bose had had a really good season and took the difficult decision if you like i mean to go to shamrock rovers which you know the expectation there and the pressure there is even up and he's come up with you know with a couple of great um wins from winners for them in the last month or six weeks so look it's really good to see those guys i see there's a great influx of uh European players into the under twenty one squad as well. Players from the Spanish League and the German League and that. And look, hopefully they all come through in the next few years because it, it would be great to see a strong um Irish senior team. And it's something that was has been on the slide in fairness for a few years. It was on the slide before Stephen got involved and um he's doing the right thing. He's, if you like, having a good clear out and having a good sweep up and and letting guys, you know, just build from the bottom. And hopefully, the people stick with him and and, and stay behind him and give him his chance because he's a real genuine guy, you know, and he loves Irish football and he's certainly well capable of doing that job, which is a seriously difficult job. And everyone on the outside thinks it's easy, but it, it, it certainly isn't by any means.
0: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I don't know why people would want to stick with the tried and tested of we name a squad of experienced players and then 12 of them pull out uh, the the week of the game, which is what seems to have happened to Stephen a lot, so you can definitely can can see his, his point in, in picking maybe the more inexperienced players, try and give them a run and in, in some international experience as well, uh, because we have been let down in in my opinion by more more experienced players. But yeah, uh, it's great to have another edition of the Sporting Limerick Soccer Podcast. It's been another insightful evening uh, with with Noel O'Connor uh, in my company. Again, obviously, this we we'll, we'll actually won't be here next week. No, we're going to take the break, like the electricity calendar, and recharge the batteries before the, we come back for the the week before the Wexford game. Well earned break for yourself, and uh, keeping the the show on the road along with Jason throughout this. Um, and thanks for joining us once again.
1: Okay, we'll see you soon, and we won't be going to Lanzarote like those. Uh Premier League and First Division players for a week. The first week is always a week in Lanzarote.
0: Yeah, unfortunately not. Raphael Roca won't be paying for that for us. <laughs>